You are listening to CRTR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker, coming right up.
We would like to welcome you to the first show in the merry month of February. <laughs> All right. Um, we have a couple of things to uh, tell you just before we uh, start the program this evening, but I would like to introduce myself. My name is Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show, and we're here for uh, three and a half hours, sometimes plus, with some of the very best in jazz music, which we'll be listening to in a very short while. And just a couple of things. Um, February, of course, is an important month because it is Black History Month. And interestingly enough, we're going to do um, a tribute, a small tribute later on uh, to Black History Month, and we will do so throughout the month as, as well. Our jazz feature artists this evening uh, include the great uh, alto and tenor saxophonist Sonny Stitt. And the people that Sonny is working with and Sonny Stitt himself, of course, uh, are African Americans. And it's a tribute to their great artistry, as you will hear in a very few moments. And so, therefore... The jazz feature will be part of Black History Month, too, in an indirect way. Also, um, this month is what we do every year here at CITR, the fun drive, Mm -hmm. where we ask you to uh, open up your wallets and uh, take out your credit cards, maybe your checkbook or your debit card, and contribute a few shekels to our coffers to keep CITR happening. This is a big year for us uh, because we'll be making a move to the new building right out here at UBC. And uh, it's very important that uh, uh, we're able to uh, keep our equipment all happening and in uh, top shape and do all the things that we're supposed to. And, of course, uh, we need a cash influx and uh as I said, we do this every year now, and it's been very successful every year. We have reached our goal each year, and it doesn't really take a whole lot of money to contribute to CITR uh, and the individual programs, and uh, I'll be asking you uh, toward the end of the month, we're only going to do one show uh, which will be dedicated, it'll be the last show of the month, I believe, that uh, will be dedicated to the fun drive, and so we'll, we'll be talking a lot about that. And, of course, uh, you can make a contribution to individual shows. And, of course, I would encourage you, uh, those of you that have listened to us over the years, to um, contribute to this show, the jazz show. So there you go. Uh, with that in mind, we're going to celebrate... A birthday today. It's Groundhog Day, February 2nd. And many people know that today is the birthday anniversary of the great Stan Getz. He is not our jazz feature this evening because there was someone else that was born today in 1924, about three years younger or three years older than Stan, was born in Boston on February 2nd. And that's one of the greatest saxophonists that ever lived. And I'm talking about Sonny Stitt. Sonny Stitt is our jazz feature this evening. And 
This album that we're going to present, now over the years I had a chance to uh, uh, talk with Sonny and, uh, and hang with him a little bit uh, a couple of times uh, over the years, and he was always very nice to me. And um, because he could be a little bit irascible too, um, but uh, we got along well. As soon as as soon as I told him that I was a saxophone player, um, that opened the door. And Sonny Stitt was uh, uh, incredibly interested. Well, wh- uh, what kind of horn do you play? What kind of mouthpiece do you use? What kind of uh, what, uh, what kind of reeds do you use? This kind of thing. Um, do you practice um, <laughs> stuff like that? You know, shop talk. And a uh, very interesting man, Sonny Stitt. Now, um, this particular album, uh, uh, during one of our conversations, uh, you know, I said, you know, you've recorded so much, Stitt. Uh, it's unbelievable the amount of recordings. You and he laughed. He says, yeah, I do. He says, because I record for cheap. You know, I don't charge a lot of money. But he said, I, I don't make a big deal out of recording. He said, I just like to take a nice rhythm section in and, and just play uh, all the tunes that I know. And he said, you, he said, you and I know that I know thousands of them. And I said, I know. And he said, then I, j- I make up some blues and, and, and make up some, I got rhythm tunes too. He said, I, I, I don't mess around. I just go in there and do it. And, um, that's the way I record. And of course he recorded literally hundreds of albums. So I singled out this one, and I said, you know, I said, I do have a favorite Stid album. He says, what's that? And I said, this one's called Personal Appearance. Oh, I like that one. And I said, you do? And he said, yeah, I do. He said, I like that album a lot. And I said, well, it's one of my favorite albums. And he said, oh, you got good taste, man. <laughs> so that's pretty well what Sonny Stitt laid on me. So we'll get to this album. Sonny Stitt was a very interesting man. He was raised in a musical family. His dad was, uh, his real name, his birth name was Edward Boatner Jr. And his dad was a professor of music, and his mom was a piano teacher, and he had a brother who was a a classical concert pianist. Well, there was a marriage breakdown in the Boatner family, and Sonny Stitt was adopted by the Stitt family. So he took their name and, of course, in school, uh, he started to play uh, the clarinet and the alto saxophone, which was, of course, his first love uh, in school, and, of course, developed very fast and was given the nickname Sonny. So he became Sonny Stitt. Uh, he moved to, uh, the family moved to Saginaw, Michigan, which is just outside of Detroit, and that's where Sonny uh, went to school, went to high school there, and um, then left with, uh, there were lots of touring bands around, and Stitt uh, joined Tiny Bradshaw's band in the early 40s as a young man. He was only 17 or so. And, of course, that was the, the end of his schooling and the beginning of his professional career. Interestingly enough, poor Sonny Stitt was, throughout his career, was um, tagged by the critics as being a Charlie Parker imitator. Well, being able to play close enough to Charlie Parker's style to be called an imitator is actually calling yourself a great musician because very few musicians could even get close to what Charlie Parker did. And Sonny Stitt was every bit the saxophonist, technically, that Charlie Parker was. The thing about Stitt was that he was subject to the same influences, 
as Charlie Parker. And so their styles kind of uh, uh, coordinated. And when they met uh, early in the 40s at some jam session, Bird looked at Sonny Stitt, heard him play, and says, man, you sound like me. And, and Sonny Stitt looked at Bird and says, yeah, well, you sound like me, man. So that's kind of the way things work. But the critics were not kind to Stitt. And uh, he got knocked for a long time. Um, things got a little better in the, in the 1950s when he added, uh, um, he switched to, to get away from the, the, the whole Parker thing. He continued to play alto, but like a lot of uh, saxophone players, he picked up the tenor saxophone and became so good on that instrument, he also picked up the baritone saxophone which he dropped a few years later because he couldn't be bothered packing around three saxophones from gig to gig to gig. And so he put the, sold the Barry and, and, and quit playing it, which is too bad because his few recordings on Barry are beautiful. But anyway, uh, so he became a master of the alto and tenor saxophone and became, had an identity, definite identity on both. And... Um, the critics kind of came around a little bit in the 50s because he became uh, quite a superstar and, and so many musicians were saying, well, Sonny Stitt is my favorite tenor player. Sonny Rollins said that. John Coltrane said that. Dexter Gordon said that. All kinds of giants. And so the critics were kind of like, whoa, maybe this Sonny Stitt's got something happening. Well, he certainly does. And uh, so that's, that's what's going on. He went on to a very long, long career, recording tons of uh, stuff. He worked um, a two-saxophone uh, band, one of the greatest tag-team uh, saxophone bands with Gene Ammons, off and on from 1950 right up until Ammons' death in 1964. That was a beautiful band with the two saxophonists. And uh, Sonny went on to a long, long career. Uh, as I said, he recorded informally, and he never uh, was a joiner. Uh, he briefly played with Miles Davis in, the, in uh, 1960, replaced John Coltrane, but he didn't stay very long. He didn't really, he didn't really uh, like being in bands. He liked being independent. He was, he was a lone wolf, and he liked to travel from town to town and pick up rhythm sections. Um, because there were there were great players, uh, unknown players in every major city in the United States, and uh, Stitt, uh, Stitt and his agent would would book him as a single, and he would pick up a local rhythm section. Sometimes he'd really put them through their paces too. <laughs> Sonny Stitt could be pretty nasty sometimes on the bandstand if people weren't taking care of business. This album that we're going to hear this by the way, Sonny Stitt passed away at age fifty eight from cancer died July 22nd, 1982, and the passing of one of the great musicians. His career has been totally reevaluated now. He's, he's literally worshipped by every saxophone player on the planet. And uh, once you hear this recording, it's really, really, you can't deny that Sonny Stitt is a great and original musician. This recording took place in uh, 1957, in May of 1957. Stitt's career was at a peak, and this was a semi-permanent band that he had. They, they played together for uh, several months, the, the, these same guys, so the rhythm section had a nice, unified feel. And 
So we're going to hear Sonny Stitt on both alto and tenor saxophones, accompanied by a young and developing Bobby Timmons at the piano. Now, he's the guy that went on to play with Art Blakey, writing great tunes uh, like uh, Monin and and uh, all those wonderful tunes that Blakey used to play. But Bobby Timmons was just beginning his career at this time. Sounds great on this album. On bass is a man... I love his sound. Um, he's a great bass player. He went on to play with Ray Charles for uh, uh, several years. The bassist is Edgar Willis. And on drums uh, was a, a promising young drummer who was uh, married then to singer Nancy Wilson, lucky fellow. And uh, he played drums with a variety of people, uh, including Miles Davis at times. He used to uh, sub for Philly Joe Jones when Philly was... Uh, shall we say, indisposed. And um, he began appearing on several recordings. Very fine, tasteful drummer. His name is Kenny Dennis. Kenny Dennis on drums. The tunes, we're going to hear uh, 11 tunes on this album. And, th- and this is a typical Stid album. The tunes are all standards uh, with a couple of um, original compositions that he, Stitt, made up uh, on the spot. So we open with Cole Porter's uh, Stitt playing alto, which is, of course, his first love, doing a beautiful version of Cole Porter's Easy to Love. Then he switches to tenor for the next tune, and it's uh, the old Robin Ranger ballad called Easy Living. And then one of my favorite ballads is tune number three on alto. Sonny plays Autumn in New York. And then another favorite of mine, where he switches to tenor, is a tune called You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To, another Cole Porter tune. Then Stitt sticks with the tenor for the next few tunes. Uh, tune number five is a blues called For Some Friends. And tune number six is a cooker. Uh, it's a standard by Johnny Mercer called I Never Knew. Then uh, a great tune, um, and these are all on tenor, uh, the next great tune is uh, number seven, and it's Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, Harold Arlen tune, Ted Kohler tune. Good tune. And then uh, another wonderful tune that um, not too many jazz musicians play today, but it's a great tune. It's called East of the Sun and West of the Moon. Then we hear something ridiculous where he plays alto and tenor, not together, but uh, on the same tune. And Sonny Stitt gives it his uh, kind of a Aquarian puzzling title. He calls it Original. That's <laughs> with a question mark. <laughs> then the following tune, the, uh, the last two tunes are on alto, where he plays uh, Al Jolson's um, Avalon and ends with uh, a great blues called Blues Greasy. So here then is the great... And I think should be really heralded. Sonny Stitt on alto tenor saxophone, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Edgar Willis on bass, and Kenny Dennis on drums. And we open with our jazz feature, Easy to Love.
Thank you. 
Our jazz feature this evening, the music of the incredible saxophonist, Sonny Stitt. Sonny Stitt on both alto and tenor saxophone with a young Bobby Timmons at the piano who was about a year later was uh, to make jazz history with Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers and started writing all those great tunes, moaning and uh, all, all the tunes that Bobby wrote. Dish here, that there, all those things. And uh, the wonderful Edgar Willis, a rather underappreciated bassist who worked uh, for many years with Ray Charles. And um, his gig with Ray was about a year away from this one, uh, as this album was recorded in May of 1957 in New York City. And on drums, a young, promising drummer by the name of Kenny Dennis, who was married to, uh, at the time, to an up-and-coming singer that uh, I'm sure everyone knows, the great Nancy Wilson. Kenny was her first husband. And, um, of course, Sonny Stitt, what a magnificent player. Um, I love both of his horns, but uh, I know from talking to Stitt over the years in my conversations with him that alto was really his first love, and that was his first instrument as well. And um, some uh, one day I'll give you some uh, really good examples of uh, Sonny Stitt playing baritone saxophone. That was an instrument that he, um, he started to play in the uh, early 50s, along with his alto and tenor, and uh, recorded very little on that instrument. A lot of the um, recordings are kind of uh, live, bootleg-type recordings with him playing baritone, but uh, he was no slouch on the bighorn. But he gave it up because he didn't want to lug three horns around, and the berry was, uh, weighed a, weighs a ton. And Sonny wasn't about. <laughs> Sonny was a tall, thin man. <clears throat> he had, excuse me. He had a nickname. Uh, his his nickname was String, and um, Long String of Misery. His mother used to call him. That's how he got the name. But it stuck among musicians too. Uh, Sonny, Sonny Stitt's nickname, String. Anyway, uh, the pieces of music we heard. Um, the first was a Cole Porter tune where Sonny was playing alto, and uh, it's a great tune called Easy to Love. Then uh, we went to another tune with Easy in the title, but Sonny switched to the bighorn, the tenor, uh, for the next tune, tune number two, called Easy Living. Then we heard him on alto once again with uh, this passionate uh, version of Vernon Duke's Autumn in New York. Then we heard a nice uh, whole bunch of tunes with him playing tenor uh, the next five or so tunes. Uh, Tune number four was uh, You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To by Cole Porter. And then a blues by Stitt that he made up on the date called For Some Friends. And then uh, we went to an up-tempo tune, uh, Johnny Mercer favorite, and a favorite of Stitt's too called I Never Knew. And uh, then we heard... Uh, Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, written by Harold Arland and Ted Kohler. Then we heard another great standard, which uh, is not often played today, but a good one. And it was um, Ben Bowman's East of the Sun and West of the Moon. Then this amazing up-tempo, I-got-rhythm-style tune that Sonny put together for the date and just simply called it Original. And we heard him on tenor and then alto on the same tune, and he just, uh, whoo, unbelievable tempo and and facility. 
Then we uh, continued with that up-tempo uh, with him on alto playing um, Al Jolson's great standard, Avalon. And we ended with, what else? A Sunny Stitt Blues on the alto saxophone called Blues Greasy. So I hope you enjoyed this album. This uh, album was uh, produced by Norman Grants. Sonny was under contract with him, and he was touring at the time with uh, Jazz at the Philharmonic, uh, Norman Grants's traveling jam session. And uh, Sonny was um, between tours and uh, for, for a couple of months, and he put this little band together. So it was one of Stitt's few uh, working bands, and they worked a whole bunch of gigs around the uh, New York, the uh, Philadelphia area, and stayed, these same men stayed together, and you could feel it, the, the rhythm section really was uh, very, very unified, it was unlike some of Sonny's recordings with uh, pickup bands, uh, this one was a real unit, and I think this is one of the reasons why this album stands as one of Sonny Stitt's finest. And as I mentioned before in the introduction, um, again, in my conversations with Sonny, uh, he personally liked this album. And um, as I mentioned before, it was called Personal Appearance. And it's truly a Stitt classic, right on top. All right, we hope that you enjoyed the jazz feature. We have... uh, Actually, coming up after these messages, uh, we have a recording. We're going to play a couple of tunes with the two birthday boys, Sonny Stitt playing alto and Stan Getz playing tenor in the company of Dizzy Gillespie and a whole bunch of other musicians. We're going to hear a couple of extended tunes from uh, a great uh, Norman Grant's produced jam session album by these guys called For Musicians Only. And uh, with Getz and Stitt, the two Groundhog Day birthday boys. All right. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. Um, I'd just like to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name, Gavin Walker. a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the Main Street area at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Lucky's Comics, Neptune Records, RX Comics, Red Cat Records, the Regional Assembly of Texts, the Wallflower Modern Diner, and Woo Vintage Clothing. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. Come down to the Hindenburg for CITR's Battle of the Bands, Shindig. Breaking news! Shindig 31 comes to a conclusion. For over 30 years, the Shindig finals have offered some of Vancouver's best local bands, great prizes, and the chance to become champions. Shindig 31 will come to its conclusion this Friday, February 6th at the Hindenburg. Experience. Extra planetary experiential beat jazz scam milk. Fusion, duality, rock technique, still creek murder. 
the hunger and freshness of youth. Give me that feng shui. I just want some of that feng shui. So come out to the Hindenburg this Friday, February 6th. Bring your best formal wear and be a part of Shindig history. Come on, baby girl, lay it down for me. Of course, we have the weather, as we usually <laughs> do at this time with that uh, theme song. Uh, tonight, a few showers, drizzle, and then it's going to kind of, the, all that stuff is going to ease off, and it's simply going to be cloudy and, and kind of dampish with a low of 6. Tomorrow is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 6 and a high of 9. Wednesday looks to be actually the nicest day of the week, and it's going to be cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower with a low of 6 and a high of 9. And then, unfortunately, for the rest of the week, oh, my goodness, the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, and the 8th, well, this, these are all... Um, <laughs> the, these um, uh, dates are all part of the... Um, Aquarius uh, um, <laughs> astrology sign, and of course uh, Aquarius stands for the water bearer, and, <laughs> and uh, I'm afraid that Vancouver is going to be the water bearer, because it's going to rain every day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, that's it for the forecast, there's just one word, and uh, the low is going to be 7, and uh, highs between 11 and 12. So it's going to be temperate, but wet. So prepare yourself and uh, dance between the raindrops. That's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. That's what we always do in Vancouver. Well, we're very lucky with the weather this year. I'll tell you, it's been very mild. Uh, we haven't really had any um, uh, serious ice and snow or anything like that. They're just getting blasted back east. Uh, with some really severe storms and uh, all kinds of uh, nonsense going on. I mean, they are used to it, but still, you know, enough is enough, I'm, I, I can imagine. All right, we're going to get to this recording, and this is, all, this is one that I've lived with since I was, um, um, since I was a boy. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, this one is called For Musicians Only, and I remember buying this site on Steam um, at one of the uh, uh, record stores uh, in New York where we, we were living at the time. And uh, oh, I, I, I didn't listen to it at the store. I bought it and, and, and took it home, and I put it on the, uh, our record player at home. And uh, I, was I was totally blown away. I couldn't believe how, how incredible this recording was. It's um, nominally led by Dizzy Gillespie. I guess he's the catalyst here. Um, 
although he really isn't, uh, it's, it's not like a leader's date. It's not Dizzy doing his own music. Uh, the tunes are um, all common knowledge tunes. And uh, so the thing is uh, basically a jam session, but a good one. As a matter of fact, a great one. And it features Dizzy on trumpet, along with the two birthday guys, Stan Getz on tenor saxophone, and Sonny Stitt on alto saxophone, who we heard a lot of uh, on our jazz feature. The pianist is John Lewis from the Modern Jazz Quartet. Uh, the, the guitarist is Herb Ellis. The bassist is the great Ray Brown. And a drummer is uh, a guy who went on to become a great photographer, but he was a very fine drummer, and he was the drummer that worked with that, uh, that legendary gig at Billy Berg's Club in Los Angeles with uh, Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie back in 1945. I'm talking about Stan Levy on drums. This was recorded in L.A. Uh, October 16, 1956. We're going to hear two tracks from this album. The first one, Stan Getz will blow you away on this first one. And I guess what happened, this is a Russian folk song. And, of course, it's common throughout Russia and, and that whole area. And uh, Stan's um, family came from the Ukraine. And I guess this song was, was uh, perhaps sung by uh, uh, his you know granddad or whatever, um, because somehow he relates to this. This is really a Russian folk song, and it's called Ochichornia. But in English, it's better known as Dark Eyes. And uh, so we're going to hear that. And uh, as I said, Stan steals the show on this, hands down. The second tune we're going to hear is a tune written by Denzel Best, and it has a couple of titles. It's, it's uh, basically known as We. W-E-E. -E. Hey, my mechanic is named We. <laughs> um, I don't think it was named for him, though. I think it means We, you know, when we go over a hill or something or ride our bicycles fast, you know, We. Right, that's what it is. Uh, it's also known as Allen's Alley, and the Allen is the great legendary saxophonist Alan Eager, who was one of the first, first to record this tune. So that's, that's where that comes about. So those two tunes we're going to hear. We're going to hear the... Um, the great Russian tune, Dark Eyes, and we're going to follow that with Alan's Alley, or We. Dizzy Gillespie on trumpet, Stan Getz on tenor, Sonny Stitt on alto, John Lewis on piano, Herb Ellis on guitar, Ray Brown on bass, and Stan Levy on drums. Look out.
From this amazing recording called Four Musicians Only. And it was recorded in October of 1956 and put uh, Dizzy Gillespie in the role of sort of being the nominal leader. But the the tunes, all the tunes on the album are quite long and uh, they're basically uh, great jam sessions. They're all sort of common knowledge tunes. And uh, the two tunes we heard... Um, with uh, Dizzy, of course, on trumpet, uh, on alto saxophone, Sonny Stitt, on tenor saxophone, Stan Getz. And, of course, Stitt and Getz are birthday guys today. And um, Stan Getz was born in Philadelphia, February 2nd, Groundhog Day, 1927. And Sonny Stitt was born in Boston in 1924. And he's a Groundhog day guy too. On piano, we heard John Lewis. On guitar, we heard Herb Ellis, the great Ray Brown on bass, and Stan Levy on drums. And the two tunes we heard, the first one was a Russian folk song, O Chichornia, better known as Dark Eyes. And the second tune was uh, written by uh, drummer Denzel Best and known as We, W-E-E, or Allen's Alley is the alternate title. We hope you enjoyed the uh, hearing the two uh, birthday guys together uh, from this uh, great recording for musicians only. You are listening to CITR, the jazz show. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course CITR is 101.9 on your FM dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Before we uh, get into a tribute to uh, Black History Month with uh, some music dedicated to a couple of black heroes, or as a matter of fact, three of them, um, we're going to, uh, I'd just like to mention, uh, Fran Jarre is a very fine keyboardist, uh, organist. She is going to be performing at uh, the top ten... Um, Taco Place on uh, 1010 Beach, and uh, she'll be performing there on Thursday, February 5th, from 7 to 9.15, with her trio, with my good friend David Say on uh, saxophones, and Steve Smith on bass, and Fran, of course, uh, on piano and vocals, 
and she'll be performing there, as I said, February 5th uh, from 7 to 9.15. Very talented lady and uh, the mother of uh, Brandy Disterhef, the, uh, the internationally known bassist. And uh, she got some good genes from her mom, Fran Jarre. And uh, as I said, Fran will be there at 1010 Beach. No cover, by the way. So uh, that's a really nice thing, too. Also, on Valentine's Day, John Alcorn from Toronto will be performing with Bill Kuhn on guitar and Darren Radke on bass. And uh, John Alcorn is the father of a very fine vocalist who lived here for many years and performed around town, Coco Love Alcorn. And John is her dad. He was born in Toronto, but he was raised in Trinidad and lived in New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, all kinds of places. And uh, he's a master of the standard tune and the Great American Songbook. And uh, that's what he'll be doing. And this is part of the Joy of Jazz concerts, which is produced by uh, the wonderful Vancouver singer Karen Plato. And uh, she has become a, uh, an impresario of sorts, uh, putting these concerts on at uh, St. James Hall, 3214 West 10th Avenue, at, uh, right here in Kitsilano. And so on Valentine's Day, a special feature with uh, John Alcorn, Bill Kuhn, and Darren Radke on vocals, guitar, and bass, respectively. Tickets are available. The concert starts at 7.30, and tickets are $25 in advance, and you can uh, go to Karen's email uh, and find out uh, some more information how to, how to pay that. Uh, Karen Plato, K-A-R-I-N-P-L-A-T-O, at Shaw.ca. Karen Plato, all one word, at Shaw.ca. Um, advance tickets are 25 bucks, but if you pay at the door, it's 30 so there you go. That's um, a wonderful uh, uh, group of concerts that uh, Karen Plato has is putting on. And uh, the John Alcorn concert is going to be really nice. So if you have a Valentine to take, there's a good place to go. And I'm sure he'll be singing his inimitable version of My Funny Valentine, of course. Because if he doesn't, they'll stone him. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We're talking about Black History Month, which started February 1st. I know, I, I read the, um, the blog by Morgan Freeman, where he said that uh, Black History Month uh, should not be sort of, um, and I use the term uh, without any um, intent here, segregated. Uh, Black History Month, there, there shouldn't be really, Morgan Freeman feels there should not be a Black History Month. It should be simply American history because America was built on the backs of slave labor from people who were brought over from Africa, stripped of their culture, and of course made to work and toil uh, building the United States of America. That's a little bit of uh, history which I think separates, not that there isn't discrimination and stuff like that in Canada and not uh, what we did to um, what uh, happened to the uh, First Nations people here, but 
that kind of separates America from Canada because we really didn't have that kind of slave trade. And, of course, uh, Canada opened their borders, um, the Underground Railroad and all that kind of stuff for slaves uh, who managed to escape the, the chains and shackles of, uh, of slavedom in the United States and moved to Canada. Uh, we welcomed them. So uh, we can kind of, uh, in a way, pat ourselves on, on the back. And it's not that uh, racial discrimination has been wiped out in this country and definitely not in America either. But um, what's interesting is uh, Morgan's take on that. So if you check it out, you can probably find it on uh, YouTube or Facebook or one of those uh, uh, public sites. Anyway, Black History Month is important, and we're going to honor three black heroes, two from Africa and one from North America. The first two from Africa. This is uh, a piece of music played by Ikaya. It's a band that uh, was led by pianist Abdullah Ibrahim from South Africa, the guru of jazz in South Africa. The band includes uh, Dick Griffin, an old friend of mine on trombone, Carlos Ward, one of my favorite alto saxophonists, originally from Panama, on alto, uh, Ricky Ford on tenor saxophone, Charles Davis on baritone saxophone, David Williams on bass, and Ben Riley on drums. And this is uh, an Abdullah Ibrahim composition entitled Mandela. We're going to follow that with the title track from one of my favorite late-period Miles Davis albums since the album called Tutu. And, of course, this is dedicated to the great bishop of South Africa, Desmond Tutu, who did so much uh, for that country and is still alive and a vital force in, uh, in South Africa, Desmond Tutu. Um, this features Miles, and the whole background is created by bassist and multi-instrumentalist Marcus Miller. There's only two musicians on this album, which makes it unique and uh, features some great Miles Davis. So these two pieces of music dedicated to two African heroes and two for Black History Month. First is Mandela written by Abdul Ibrahim, and the second is Miles Davis's Tutu.
Of course, Miles Davis and Marcus Miller. Actually, just the two of them. Marcus, uh, through overdubbing and all that, provided all the background uh, for that piece of music and uh, did an incredible job. And, of course, Marcus plays, <laughs> obviously, a variety of instruments, including bass and bass clarinet and uh, drums and uh, whatever was required to uh, to make that sound. And, of course, Miles Davis on top of everything. Uh, on trumpet, and his tribute to Bishop Desmond Tutu from South Africa. And that was the title track from Miles' album, Tutu. Before that, we heard Abdullah Ibrahim and his tribute to Nelson Mandela. This is our um, feature right now for uh, Black History Month, the month of February. We heard this uh, track, Mandela, from... um, Abdullah's album uh, called Water from an Ancient Well. And uh, the people involved in his band, his band is called Ikaya, or was called Ikaya, and it featured Dick Griffin on trombone, Carlos Ward on alto saxophone, Ricky Ford on tenor saxophone, Charles Davis on baritone saxophone, David Williams on bass, and Ben Riley on drums, and of course Abdullah Ibrahim on piano, and he wrote the tune. Mandela. So two African, South African heroes, Nelson Mandela and Bishop Tutu. Here's a North American hero, Martin Luther King, Jr. This is a heartfelt composition written by baritone saxophonist Cecil Payne from an album that came out on Strata East Records called Zodiac. And it featured some of the uh, last recorded performances by trumpeter Kenny Dorham. And uh, his interpretation of the theme on here is so beautiful and, 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 and heartbreaking in his, in his sound. And um, the piece of music we're going to hear, uh, also we're going to hear, along with Cecil Payne on baritone saxophone and Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Winton Kelly on piano, Wilbur Ware on bass, and Albert... Tootie Heath on drums. And this is a composition by Cecil Payne entitled Martin Luther King Jr. I Know Love.
piece of music dedicated to the memory of Martin Luther King Jr. And that was the title, Martin Luther King Jr., I Know Love. Written by the leader of the date baritone saxophonist, the late Cecil Payne, with Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Winton Kelly on piano, Wilbur Ware on bass, and Albert Heath on drums. Our final tribute, uh, we'll have more music from... Uh, dedicated to Black History Month next week on the show and some more some more pieces and uh, tributes to Black History Month. We uh, would like to tell you that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show and uh, we'll be back right after these messages. And uh, we're going to hear some music by the great Max Roach from a very rare album called Award-Winning Drummer. And it's actually a request. We played some of this music last week, and a friend of mine uh, requested uh, we do a couple of those tunes again this week. And I'll be pleased to do it, so stay tuned. <laughs> 
ocean, border, sub, urban, dispersal, determinacy, mulatto, mestizo, Métis, Cabra, Eurasian, Creole, colored, colored, split. Those who have no history are doomed. An excerpt from The Reinventing Wheel, spoken by author, Vancouver poet, Wade Compton. Celebrate Black History Month with CITR 101.9 FM as we host content exploring black history in Vancouver and beyond. Tune in this February and check out CITR.ca for regular updates on the scheduling of our Black History Month programming. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the UBC and Kitsilano area at Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, The Bike Kitchen, The Cove, Dantry's Pub, Displace Hashery, Limelight Video, The Eatery, Fresh's Best Salsa.
Max Roach, Mr. Max Roach, one of the finest of all modern jazz drummers, leading his band that uh, he had together in 1958. It was just a newly formed band with a different kind of instrumentation than what he had been using. And uh, he had two young musicians from Memphis joining the band, Booker Little on trumpet, who was uh, 19 at the time, and George Coleman on tenor saxophone. And, of course, uh, Booker Little, one of the great virtuoso trumpet players, was taken from us at a very young age. He was only 23 when he died. And Ray Draper on tuba, filling out the ensemble sound. And uh, he's 16, <laughs> a band of kids. And uh, Dr. Arthur Davis, uh, Max's favorite bassist of the time, on 
on bass, of course, and of course, Mr. Roach on drums. We heard three tunes. We heard the uh, standard written by Will Robson, Robison, uh, called Old Folks, uh, and that featured Booker Little's trumpet. And then we heard a George Coleman composition called Sadiga, and the final tune was a Booker Little composition called Gandolfo's Bounce. Max Roach, from his album Award-Winning Drummer, recorded November 25th, 1958, in New York City. I mentioned earlier this uh, Joy of Jazz concerts that are uh, uh, presented by Karen Plato at St. James Hall at uh, 3214 West 10th Avenue. And the next concert, of course, is Valentine's Day, featuring um, John Alcorn from Toronto with Bill Kuhn on guitar and Darren Radke on bass. Alcorn, of course, is the father of Coco Love Alcorn, who was around here for many years, and she is still uh, performing and, uh, and singing. Alcorn, of course, is a, a jazz singer. We're going to hear a couple of tunes uh, with John just to give you an idea of his voice, and uh, hopefully when you hear this, uh, you'll want to attend the concert at St. James Hall. This was um, recorded a few years ago in Toronto with a, a group of Toronto musicians, um, featuring uh, John, of course, uh, singing with uh, Richard Whiteman on piano, Steve Wallace on bass, Daniel Barnes on drums, and two good friends of mine, Ted Quinlan on guitar, who lived here for many, many years before moving to Toronto, and Michael Stewart on uh, saxophone. And um, we're going to hear two standard tunes. The first one is Rogers and Hart's This Can't Be Love, and the second tune is again Rogers and Hart. Thou Swell, the voice of John Alcorn. This can't be love because I feel so well. No sighs, no sorrows. No signs This can't be love I get no dizzy spell My head is not in the skies My heart does not stand still Just hear it beat This is too sweet To be Because I feel so well But still I love to look in your eyes This can't be love Because I feel so well No sobs, no sorrow, no sighs This can't be love I get no dizzy spell
This can't be love because I feel so well. No sobs, no sorrow, no sighs. This can't be love, I can't know. This is fast. My head is not in the skies. My heart does not stand still. Just hear it beat. This is too sweet. Because I feel so well But still I love I love Yeah, I love I love Oh, I love Babe, I love Yeah, I love I love, I love To look in your eyes Thou swell, thou witty, thou sweet, thou grand Wouldst kiss me pretty Wouldst hold my hand, both thine eyes are cute to what they do to me Hear me holler, I choose a sweet lollapalooza in thee I feel so rich in a hut for two, two rooms and kitchen I'm sure would do Give me just a plot Of not a lot of land And thou swell Thou witty Thou grand They do to me. Hear me, holler, choose me, lollapalooza in thee. I feel so rich in a hut for two, two rooms and kitchen. I'm sure would do. Give me just a plot of not a lot of land, and I swear, thou witty, thou swear, thou witty. Swell thou witty, swell thou witty, thou grand. A little taste of uh, singer John Alcorn. Uh, on the first tune, uh, we also heard Karen Plato uh, join. Um, John on uh, the tune This Can't Be Love, written by Rogers and Hart, 
And uh, we didn't hear horns or anything on, on uh, or guitar or anything on this album. Just the trio, Richard Whiteman on piano, Steve Wallace on bass, and Daniel Barnes on drums. Uh, recorded in Toronto, and it's from John's album, Quiet Night. Um, the second tune is from the same album with the same people. And um, the tune is another one by Rogers and Hart entitled Thou Swell. Mm-hmm. All right. We're uh, getting near closing time here on The Jazz Show, but I'd like to uh, actually close with uh, a couple of tunes from a classic album by Milt Jackson. And uh, this features Milt in stellar company. This is from an album called Plenty, Plenty Soul. And it came out on Atlantic Records. And, of course, Milt's fame was uh, rising as the uh, principal lyrical voice in the modern jazz quartet. And uh, we're going to hear Milt here with uh, a whole group of musicians. Actually, this is arranged by Milt's friend, a very young at the time, Quincy Jones. And uh, this was recorded in New York on the 7th of January, 1957. What an all-star band. Milt Jackson on Vibes with Cannonball Adderley, Julian Adderley on alto saxophone, Frank Foster on tenor saxophone, Sahib Shahab on baritone saxophone, Joe Newman on trumpet, Jimmy Cleveland on trombone, and what a rhythm section, Horace Silver on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and the great Art Blakey on drums. And these are two tunes arranged by Quincy Jones. Uh, The first one is... um, Medium Tempo Blues, and of course it's the title track, and Mel Jackson loved to play the blues, and this is called Plenty, Plenty Soul, and the second tune is a more up-tempo thing uh, written by Quincy Jones, it's called Boogity Boogity, so here then from this uh, famous Atlantic album, Plenty, Plenty Soul, Mel Jackson. Thank you. 
Two tracks from uh, the great Mill Jackson album, Plenty, Plenty Soul, which was uh, issued on Atlantic Records and featured an all-star cast here with, of course, uh, Mr. Jackson on Vibes and in the rhythm section, Horace Silver on piano, Percy Heath on bass and Art Blakey on drums, the horns, Joe Newman on trumpet, Jimmy Cleveland on trombone, and a stellar saxophone section made up of Cannonball Adderley on alto saxophone, Frank Foster on tenor saxophone, and Sahib Shahab on baritone saxophone. Both of those tunes were uh, composed and arranged by Quincy Jones, and it, it had the Quincy Jones trademark in the sound of the band. And the first tune was the title track, Plenty, Plenty Soul, and the second tune was called Boogity Boogity. And uh, interestingly enough, um, Cannonball Adderley uh, recorded under a pseudonym on this album, and his pseudonym was uh, Ronnie Peters. <laughs> interestingly, because he was under contract with another company, and so that was the easiest way to get around it, is just use a, use a pseudonym. And interestingly enough, he Ronnie Peters <laughs> got a couple of votes <laughs> as the best alto saxophone player in uh, one of the uh, music polls. And of course, um, <laughs> it was so obviously Cannonball, but still, uh, there you go. Cannonball recorded a couple of things under pseudonyms as well. And one of them, one of them actually was the best pseudonym um, on an album uh, by the gentleman, um, the first album by the gentleman we're featuring next week, Lewis Smith. And on Lewis Smith's first album, Cannonball was the saxophone player, and he recorded under the pseudonym Buckshot La Funk. And, of course, everyone knew who it was. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's kind of neat. And uh, that's a way of getting around uh, if you're under contract to a record company because they can get pretty nasty with you. And so just record under a pseudonym. Dizzy Gillespie did a bunch of that stuff. Charlie Parker recorded under a famous pseudonym, Charlie Chan, on the famous Massey Hall albums. So there's a lot of, a lot of pseudonyms in, in, in jazz, and um, you usually knew who the artist actually was. But uh, there again, there you go. A few people didn't and voted for this guy, Ronnie Peters, who was really cannonball. Anyway, a little esoteric uh, jazz trivia there to end the show. Uh, we'd like to uh, tell you that next week's jazz feature is the soph sophomore album by the great legendary trumpeter Lewis Smith, who was only briefly on the New York scene, and then he moved into um, academia and... Um, taught college for many, many years and mentored a lot of people at uh, Michigan State University. And uh, this is his second album for Blue Note. It's going to be our jazz feature next week, and it's a great album. I think in some ways it's, it's better than the first. I don't know why. Uh, the first is great. That's a four-and-a-half-star album. This one, too, is, is a four-and-a-half-star album, but it features uh, different personnel. You're going to hear um, the great Lewis Smith... Um, with Monk's tenor saxophonist Charlie Rouse on the front line. And uh, they blend really beautifully. And um, Sonny Clark on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and uh, Arthur Taylor on drums. So that's going to be our jazz feature uh, next week is trumpeter Lewis Smith from his uh, sophomore Blue Note album called Smithville. So I hope you can join us on the uh, jazz show and the jazz feature. Uh, we always begin the show with, uh, with the feature now. 
Thank you very much for being out there. We certainly appreciated uh, your ears, and we hope your ears appreciated what we had to offer, too. On behalf of CITR, 101.9 on your dial, also CITR on your computer, CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. This has been another edition of The Jazz Show. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.